0: John 19 it says this, it says after this Jesus knowing knowing that all things were now accomplished that the scripture might be fulfilled this table that we come to this morning represents the scripture being fulfilled Jesus Christ the son of God coming to this earth sacrificing everything for you And for me. Then Jesus said, I thirst. Now a vessel full of sour wine was sitting there. They filled a sponge with the sour wine and put it on a hyssop and put it to his mouth. So when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, it is finished. And bowing his head, he gave up his spirit. Oh, but there's more to the story than that. For not only did he pay the price, but he defeated death. (laughs) And in Mark 16 it says, but he said to them, do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He is risen. He is risen. He's not here. See the place where they laid him. Oh, but it keeps getting better. For not only did he pay the price, not only did he defeat death, but he is now at the right hand of the Father as our intercessor, making way, making way covering our sin, hearing our prayers, and taking every single one of them to the Father. For it says then later in Mark, so then after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. And so when we come and take communion this morning, we are remembering what he has done. We are reflecting on our own lives, letting the Holy Spirit say, this needs fixed. This needs changed. And we come and we repent before Him. And when we come to this table, we can then rejoice. <laughs> we can rejoice for what He's done. The price has been paid. The debts are forgiven. The healing was purchased. For He has said, it is finished. He has taken care of it all.
1: Communion is a time to reflect, to repent, and to rejoice. And if you've been looking to the world, if you've been looking to yourself, in yourself, for strength, for the way for the motivation and you've come up empty, it can only be found in Jesus and if you've ever prayed Lord, strip away all that is not of you then I pray that he is answering your prayer and that when he strips it all away there's nothing there there's nothing there but Jesus. That motivation that was outside of him gets stripped away. Thank you, Father. Father, we say have your way in us. Always, only Jesus. Our motivation, our love, the work of our hands is for you, in you, through you, and to you. Let's take a minute. Thank him for what only he can do, for who he is, that he came and he walked the path that the Father had laid out before him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. In 1 Corinthians, it says, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took the bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take and eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let us partake. Thank you, Jesus. And in the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let us drink. Now let us continue worshiping the Lord. Rejoice in all that he has done. Pastor Jason and I had a storage unit that was, um, we lived in the mobile home. We had seven kids. And the second floor of the tannery on Tannery Road was offered to us at low cost storage. And in order to get our things in there, you had to go in this, I mean, the whole place smelled bad. And you go into this big, this big um, elevator with this big cart. I mean, this is the stuff that horror movies are made of. This building was, it was absolutely crazy. And we moved our stuff in there. You know, we accumulate things little by little. You know, you're, the storage unit of your life, of your heart, you know, you don't intend for it to become a junk pile. It's never the intention is that, oh, I'm going to have a junk pile. But, you know, over time, our storage unit didn't look awesome, like I wanted it to. It wasn't orderly. Um, it became a junk pile. Um, and yet we cared about all of it. It didn't belong in the garbage. We just couldn't fit it where we were. And, um, <clears throat> and there was our stuff. And I, I was, sometimes I would go to this place and I would just stand there in the middle of the chaos and the disorder of it all. And it weighed on my soul. It's just, I'm a woman of order. I like order. God is a God of order not a God of chaos, not a God of disorder. He's not a God of clutter, piling on, keeping things that need to be let go of. I would stand in the middle of that storage unit and failure would just begin to speak to me. And I would say, Holy Spirit, you are here. Have your way in this place. Have your way in this place. And I love that prayer. I think the Lord loves that prayer. When we say, Jesus, have your way. He loves that prayer. But where the victory comes is in obedience. Where the victory comes is in that space where you've done all you know to do, and you did it in the name of honoring God. It's in that space where you're standing in the middle of your mess, going, and you're angry, and you're saying, "I've done everything I've, I've know to do, and it's not working. Being a good girl isn't working. Being a good boy, doing all the right stuff, saying all the right, it's not working. And when you get to that point, and you turn your face to heaven, you. You just let God in that real space. You're a little bit mad at yourself, at Him, at everybody, anybody who walks by. But you're real with Him in that moment. You cry out to Him and you say, Jesus, have your way in this mess. In this mess that grew here little by little under my watch. You take ownership and responsibility. But you invite him in and it's surrender. It's surrender. And then he speaks and he will tell you what to do. Gosh, and it's so often it's not what we want to hear. But it's what we need to hear. Because you know, s- some of you need to hear, girl, you need to rest. You need to rest in me. Yeah, but but look, look at this mess I made. I got to clean it up. Nope. It's not your mess to clean up. It is, I made it. You made it. It's not yours to clean up. Some of you need to hear that. It's not, you made the mess. He knows, you know. But He has not decreed that you're going to be the one to clean it up. He is going to clean it up for you. And then there's others. There's others that, who need to fight. It's a time for standing up, and it's time saying, enough is enough. You need to fight. The point is, church, and hear this, is that it's him. He is the source. He is your answer. Not what you think you know. Not the traditions of your parents. Not in what's good. There's so much good. Fighting is good when it's time to fight. Resting is good when it's time to rest. Forgiving is always good. It's never out of season. <clears throat> but when we say God have your way, we we must acknowledge, we must know that it is in surrender. Surrendering the mess. And it's in obedience. God works in his ways, and his ways are so far outside of the realm of what we could think or imagine. Your mess is not beyond him. In that same storage unit, there was a fire. And we had just bought a business. Six kids buying a business. Living in a mobile home. I mean, who does these things? We felt like we were called to do it, supposed to do it. And we get a call. There's been a fire at your storage unit. And immediately the drama. My stuff. You know, this is nice stuff. It's not junky stuff. I throw the junk away. Um... It still was too much stuff, but, and the Lord spoke to me in that moment and said, you will not go near it. You will not go near it, but it's my stuff. It's my stuff. I am the orderly one. I, I institute order. We have to make a list. They're insured, all the... he said, you will not touch it. And I, because I knew the limits of my own self, I knew it was the Lord. And I said, okay, I'm not going to touch it. I never went to the storage unit. I never looked upon the damage. I never looked upon the damage so that I could take the full weight of it and lament and cry out to the Lord. He didn't need me to do that. He needed me to obey and not go near it. And I told, I mean, I think Jason was about ready to, who are you? I said, I'm not touching this with a 10-foot pole. I'm sorry, you are going to handle it. I'm not going to ask you questions. I'm not going to micromanage you. I'm not going to make sure you're doing it right. I'm going to trust you, and I'm going to trust the Lord And I'm going to do the work that's in front of me to do. And I am not going to touch this thing. I'm not going to go near it. And as I made that decision, as my heart was choosing to obey him, the Lord said, you will be blessed. Blessing will come of this. And I knew it as certain as I was standing there, that there was a fire. Some of my stuff was ruined. And that this was going to be something I was thankful for, that this was a blessing. The blessing was this. A company came in, it was someone else's fault who started the fire, and they came and they, they cleared out our storage unit down the second floor. We never had to unload that place. They went through every box and cleaned everything and then reboxed it. They brought more order to my stuff than was there originally, and I got a ton of moving boxes for when God moved us out of mobile home into a big, beautiful home that we are blessed with. God made such blessing come out of such an ugly situation. It was ugly before fire. I mean, the place was, I can't even describe it to you. It was ugly before the fire. Then there was the fire and soot and mess. And he just came in the midst of the mess and he spoke to me and I obeyed. And I obeyed because I heard the cry of our hearts is have your way. The cry of my heart is, Lord, let me hear your voice. Let me hear your voice and know your voice so that I may obey and do your will. That your plans and purposes may be done in the situation that I see and not my own. And so as my encouragement to you this morning, you are praying for your families. You're fighting for your families. Some of you are fighting. You're fighting for your marriages. I encourage you this morning to stand in the midst of the mess and say, God, have your way. Have your way, Jesus. Have your way, Jesus. Have your way, Jesus. I will do what you tell me to do. Jesus rolled up in the wedding in Cana, and the the wine was gone. Christians get so been out of shape about wine. find it interesting. He rolled up in the wedding and the wine was gone and he said, well, this will not do. And actually he said, woman, this isn't, it's not my time, but his, his, uh, I almost said his wife, uh, his mother looked at the servants and said, whatever he says to do, you do. So whatever, I'm telling you this morning, whatever he says to do, you do. And don't stop, don't stop pressing into his presence. That's what we're doing here. That's why we take our time. I'm taking my time right now. That is why we take our time because he has things he wants to say. And he doesn't rush. He's never in a hurry. But I encourage you, don't stop pressing in. Don't stop asking till you know the answer. Lord, what, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? And don't move out in your own wisdom. Don't move out. It goes right back to the scripture. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and let him, he will direct your path. He will. And for some of you, that just means praying. That just means praying for situations that are tearing you up inside and you say, pray, just pray. I need to do. And I would say to you that prayer, the prayer of faith and trust will do more than you could ever do. And if you step out and get your hands mixed up in a situation where they don't belong, you will make more of a mess where he says, pray, pray, and pray in faith knowing that as you speak, heaven moves. Father, I thank you for this time of worship. I thank you for your presence. Thank you for the power of Holy Spirit who dwells in us, through us, with us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I pray right now for every marriage every marriage represented here. I pray, Father, that love, that love that they thought was dead will be resurrected in the name of Jesus. And not by, not by their hand, Father, but by the power of your Spirit. I speak resurrection power in the hearts of men and women, That love would be resurrected, one for another. That marriages that the enemy rejoiced over as done, not done, in Jesus' name. Jesus, have your way. Have your way, I pray. Thank you.
0: Guys, before we close out this time of worship, I want you to know something. That I believe this to be true, that many of you, half of you, a great majority of you, during this time of fasting of three weeks, began to say, What's going on? I don't see you working. Why are things getting worse? Why is this sickness growing more? Why does this person seem like they're pulling further away? And I can tell you from my own personal experience, the past three weeks have been like that. Saying, "Lord, where are you? What's going on? These things I'm praying for, they seem to be getting worse and not better. And the Lord kept reminding me over and over, He says, "I am working." I am working. I am working. But I'm praying for my family and everybody's got the flu. He says, I am working. But I laid hands on them and they weren't immediately healed. Not every one of them's fever broke immediately. He said, I am working. I said, but this thing I'm struggling with and I'm battling with and I'm trying to change this thing that is hurting my family and I can't seem to do it. It keeps getting worse and worse and worse. He says, I am working. If you've been following along, the fast ended last night. And this morning, the Lord put me on the floor. And he broke something in me that he had broken. And he showed me that it wasn't because it was during the fast. And it wasn't because everything was moving because I was doing something. It was because he was working. And he wants to encourage you this morning. Just because this fast is over and maybe you didn't see the victory of your prayers yet. Maybe you didn't see something happen or occur exactly as you wanted it to occur. He is working. And He is moving. And our prayer just needs to be have your way. Have your way. Have your way. So Father, we just come to You. We ask You, Lord, have Your way. We trust in you. We trust in you. Father, we lean not on our own understanding. Father, we acknowledge you in all our ways. And you are directing our paths. Father, we ask that we will not be wise in our own eyes. Father, that we would fear you with reverence that we would depart from the things that are not of you in our lives. And I thank you, Father, for the promise that goes along with this. It says it will be health to our flesh and strength to our bones. So, Father, we thank you this morning. We thank you for this extended time of being in your presence. We thank you, Lord, for speaking to us. We thank you, Lord, for speaking to us. Last thing I'd like to say, Psalm 119, verse 49. There are some of you here this morning that have had a word from God that said, this person is going to come to know Jesus. Jesus. This wayward son is going to turn back. This marriage shall be restored. Whatever it is, God has given you that word, and he wants you to stand on that hope this morning. Psalm 119, verse 1 says, Remember the word to your servant, upon which you have caused me to hope. Which you've caused me to hope. Father, our hope is in you. Thank You for the words that You've given us that we hold on to, that we may not have seen come to pass yet, but we hold on to those words. We hold on to those words. We thank You, Lord. We thank You, Lord. The Lord told me this morning we're just gonna worship a little longer today. We're just gonna spend some time in his presence. A lot of times I don't know exactly what that looks like. And sometimes it's different every time. But this is what we did this morning. Hmm. Let's just take one more minute or two. Just be in his presence. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Could stay here all day. Thank you, Lord. Just stretch your hands to heaven this morning. Father, Father, we have your way in this place. Have your way in this vessel. Father, you are the potter, we are the clay. Mold us. Mold us even now as I'm praying. Mold us. Shape us. Transform us. Name of Jesus, I pray that which needs broken is broken. That which needs restored is restored. That which needs healing is healed. That which needs provision has provision. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We receive your goodness, we receive your mercy. We receive. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We receive. Fear not, for I am with you, says the Lord. Fear not, for I am with you, says the Lord. Fear not, for I am with you, says the Lord. you lord thank you lord father we thank you for this beautiful time in your presence we give you all the honor all the glory we worship you and we thank you in your precious name we pray amen amen all right how many can ready to continue to worship the lord with our giving Amen. Slip your hand up if you need an offering envelope. Uh, The ushers are coming around that they can serve you. Just slip your hand up. There's somebody over there to my right. Uh, We've been walking through 2 Corinthians 8 and 9, and I eventually will get through that, but it's just such a great passages of scripture that talk about giving and the heart of giving and what God does with giving, and I want to continue here. 2 Corinthians 9, uh, verse 12 is what I have for us this morning. It says, for the administration of this service, the administration of this service not only supplies the needs of the saints, listen to this, the administration of this, or what God is doing with our fine, not only supplies the needs of the saints, but it's also abounding, also abounding, how? Through many thanksgivings to God. Holy cow, so I'm looking at this going, whoa, there's some revelation in here. He shall supply all of our needs. But when does it come to be abounding? When does it come to be overflow? And more than enough is when we begin to give him thanks for what he has already given us. I have found out over and over and over throughout my life, the more I complain, the less things go well for me. Has anybody ever found that out in in your life? And the Bible's like, ah, yeah, I've been trying to tell you that through the Word of God. So you we want to be abounding in our finances. If we sit down when we do our personal finances every three months, about, two to three months when I do them, if I am sitting there complaining, complaining and complaining about this bill, the electric bill, the utility bill, the Amazon bill, the whatever it might be, the Lord says, hey, why are you complaining? I'm providing for your needs. But it's with thanksgiving. With thanksgiving opens the door to the abounding. Amen? The thanksgiving opens the door to the abounding and the abundance. So I would encourage each and every one of you to give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. Whatever is in your bank account, begin to look at it and give him thanks for what he has put in there. I can tell you, continue to give thanks. In fact, I encourage you this afternoon, even before the Super Bowl, go take a look at your bank account. Go take a look at your bank account. Log in online, log in on your phone, and and look at it and say, Lord, I am thankful, I am thankful, I am thankful for what you've given me. Abounding with thanksgiving. Abounding comes with thanksgiving. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, that we can abound because of you. I thank you, Lord, that all things are possible with you. Father, I ask that you continue to bless And to multiply every seed, every dollar given, every hour given, every prayer given up to you as an offering and as a sacrifice to you. And I thank you, Lord, that you will have your way in every area of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.